Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me once again. Today, my guest is Georgia Wright, the Director of Attention and Influence, a PR agency which is part of the CHE Proximity Network. Georgia has worked in public relations and communications for many years and with some of the biggest brands and organisations in consumer goods, technology, travel and tourism, luxury and beauty and consumer entertainment. She is also a member of Women in PR, a membership body for senior women in our industry. In her current role as Director at Attention and Influence, she combines public relations, influence, social media and content as areas of specialisation. Georgia began her career studying Spanish, French and business at the University of Leeds and she has worked as Global PR Director at Proximity Worldwide and also for Saatchi and Saatchi. She has won plenty of awards, she is very talented and I am delighted to say that she is joining me on the line today. Georgia Wright, thanks very much for joining me on GovComs. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So it's probably a good place to start because I think everyone's world in many ways has been changed by the pandemic and how we respond to the pandemic. How have you been through the pandemic? How has your life changed? I think it's such an interesting question. Um, uh, For me personally, you know, I've loved the fact that, I mean, obviously there's the physical changes that have happened in my life. So I no longer go to an office every day and my home has become my office. And, you know, we've had restriction in movement and, you know, obviously living in Melbourne, that's been, uh, is still continuing. Um, and I think, so that's obviously been, you know, these external factors have obviously impacted, you know, me and my everyday life. Um, but I think there've been really, there've been lots of positives from that. And I, I love the fact that, you know, from a work perspective, we've been having so many more like open and honest conversations. And, um, I think as a result, like certainly between me and my team, like we're all a lot closer as a result. And the agency at large is, is a lot closer and we feel a lot more like a family unit. Have those conversations, those sort of more honest and authentic conversations extended to clients as well? Have you found that people have been more willing to, you know, be a little bit more uh, centred about what it is that they're looking for and how they want to be represented? I think um, definitely. I think on a personal level, because we're sort of seeing into people's bedrooms or living rooms or offices, you know, we're really getting to know our clients so much more. We're like meeting their kids, you know, seeing their husbands or their wives. And, you know, that's sort of taken on, um, has definitely enabled us to have these more honest, frank conversations. And, um, And I think that's really, really important. You know, for me, just generally as a manager, I don't really have like a work Georgia and a home Georgia. Sort of for me, it's about having sort of transparent, authentic conversations. But I think 
we've definitely started to see that from clients and that's just been really really refreshing we can just have those really really um you know raw conversations about certainly you know in in campaigns what's working or what's not and um and I think as a result, there's been a lot more communication as, as well. And I think we've, we've seen that sort of across the board in the industry as well. You know, people have been complaining. We've got hundreds of Zoom meetings. But I think there's a real positive and a benefit to that. So in terms of getting results, um, there's probably uh, to come at that question in, in, two, in two ways because – Someone like you doesn't stay in business very long if you don't get results. Um, you know, people take their uh, custom elsewhere. So, in terms of you know the point around your team and motivating your team and providing um, comfort and support and motivation, you said that that you've you've been brought closer together, but. Where have the benefits been in terms of you being able to create impact for your clients by by working more closely with your with your team? Um, I think you know a happy team is a successful team. That's you know we're in the business of people. So um, the more that we invest, you know, in our talent and our people, um, the greater success we're all going to have. And I think you know the epicenter of what we do is relationship building, isn't it? So whether that's with our teammates, our clients, or with the journalists that we're talking to on a daily basis. So um, for me, if the team and our clients are happy, then we do tend to get better results anyway. Um, I think, um, I think what's been, I think what's been interesting about this period is, um, because we are communicating on um, a more open basis and because um, we're having, you know, more FaceTime and because we're having these more honest conversations, I think, and, and I'm using this word in an ironic, not in an ironic way, but it's one of those annoying marketing terms, but we're able to sort of pivot our strategies a lot quicker and a lot easier because we are having this additional face time and as a result I think the results that we're able to garner from the media um you know if it means that we're able to change tact if something isn't working rather than you know having that weekly moment or that face-to-face that happens every two weeks like we're able to jump on a zoom call and go right this isn't working let's re-strategize so I think that's been really positive from this pandemic as well and in terms of how the pandemic has changed the industry and changed the work that you do, obviously uh, pitching to journalists is a big part of that. What what are the big changes that you've noticed in terms of the attitude of journalists, the accessibility of journalists, the appetite of journalists for different types of stories? How is, how is the industry different now uh, as to what it was pre-COVID? I think, um, you know, when, when we first went into lockdown in March, um, it was really interesting talking to a lot of my contacts um, and having, again, these like honest, open conversations um, and how what was happening is journalists were wanting to have, were actually wanting to have more open and human conversations with us. They were sort of craving that from um, PR um, from PR people. So I was talking to one sort of trade outlet um, who's based in Sydney and she was just like, it's, it's amazing having, it's amazing sort of like having these, like talking about personal things and sort of talking about the struggles and just being really open about like mental health struggles or, or what we're going through, you know, obviously redundancy has been part of the industry as well. And sort of having that like more human 
contact um, was was just interesting to hear because it just meant that those barriers had sort of broken down a bit more, which for us, you know, as I said before, relationships are such a key part of what we do. So to have that additional human element and for and for to see a journalist want that from us was was really interesting um and really brilliant actually um there was a lot of um you know we're talking about what what some brands have done and some brands have really gone out of their way to sort of um give like care packages to certainly people in Melbourne who, you know, certainly during this phase um, of lockdown um, and sort of sent out care packages. And I don't know, this it's just, it's been a really, there's been some really nice um, deeper relationships, I think that have come out of result. And, you know, it's, it's been so interesting watching on the news, seeing journalists do, you know, pieces from their front room, you know, again, these whole barriers have sort of been breaking, breaking broken down um and um I think we're getting a more sort of uh real news I I don't know it's just felt a lot more sort of real the news that have been delivered from from people's homes and you know obviously there've been the the comic moments where the kids have sort of come into people's rooms while they've been you know broadcasting and that's been brilliant as that's been great to see as well um in terms of the industry that's changed I think it's I think it's been really interesting as an agency we've we've won a lot of new business in this period and um I think at the outset when lockdown happened you know we were worried that clients businesses were going to change so much that that people you know were going to stop spending and actually certainly for us that hasn't been the case and obviously we'll we'll start to see data come through about it more and more as to you know what is going to happen to marketing budgets and obviously they have been cut but I think what we thought was going to happen and the reality has actually been slightly different some companies you know some industries have been perfectly placed to sort of service people and as a result you know their businesses um have um you know gone really really well and so they've been wanting to reach out and engage um and then obviously some have cut back but I think you know I think what we thought was going to happen and what has happened has been slightly different. Have you found that in pitching to journalists that you've had to, you know, find a COVID angle in lots of your stories or is the the COVID thing so overdone that they're looking for something else? Definitely. I mean, definitely at the beginning. When When we first went down into lockdown, you know, we obviously had campaigns that were prepared and, um, (laughs) and you know suddenly the news cycle changed and and um we weren't able to pitch in the stories that we thought we were going to because you know the news cycle was entirely covid related and then after about a couple of weeks um it started to die down a bit more and there started to be some space um and I think that's what you know we found we've sort of reached a bit of a happy medium now with it where um you know covid isn't everything and there is space for brands to have conversations um and for other topics to be discussed which you know is is great to get back to that place Mm. it seems uh also an unusual time you know the the acceleration is the 
you know, the great characterization of what's taken place, the trends that were already in place, what we've seen through COVID is just an acceleration of what was already in place. And certainly in the media business, there were, you know, troubles uh, in all sorts of parts of the media, you know, traditional uh, media, be it free-to-air television uh, or radio or magazines, obviously newspapers challenged, uh, the platforms taking such the lion's share of um, much of the advertising, uh, you know, things like uh, the regional newspapers from, you know, the News Limited stable in Australia closing, you know, 100 and 100 plus newspapers. So this this shifting, changing landscape and, and uh, um, you know, a lot of mastheads that are never going to come back. How has that changed the way that you do your business and the way that you support uh, your clients to, to get the results that they need uh, in order to uh, achieve their business objectives? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really um, important thing to talk about, you know, the changing landscape that's happened. And it's been, uh, I mean, you know, we were all devastated when when we saw the news of, you know, and there's been quite a few pieces of news that have come out about outlets closing. And, um, you know, especially in regional places that really rely on it as a source of news. Like it's, you know, it is sad and, but unfortunately it's nothing new. I mean, I've worked in this industry only for, you know, just over 15 years. And even when I first started, you know, we, we wait for the ABC figures to come out. This was in England and, you know, print was just in decline. And, and unfortunately that's just something that, during my and over my career like we've had to deal with on a on a consistent basis um but um you know saying that I always I always think it's it's just for us it's been re-strategizing and you know we're not in the era anymore where we send out a press release to 500 contacts that just doesn't happen for us we approach it through um we look very very clearly we, we look very carefully at our audience and who we want to talk to and um and why and then obviously we look at the motivations as to why we want to talk to them so what we do is is very um targeted um these days anyway now obviously um that's difficult in regional areas which which now don't don't have that access to you know print news for example um so you know it, as as always it's always about talking to our clients setting expectations explaining to them the landscape and the market and how that is changing and then just finding different solutions and obviously we're in such a digital world now it's it's looking at different ways certainly from attention influence um perspective we are completely channel agnostic so it isn't purely earned for us. We also lean into paid and, and owned and um, make sure that we're able to communicate with our audiences through that. And I think, you know, I think we're seeing an increasing trend moving towards an integrated model and that working a lot better for clients. But in terms of then, the again, you know, related changes in the marketplace as well, where you have, uh, you know, PR agencies extending their reach into content, uh, into creativity. You have advertising agencies now reaching back into PR, into social. Uh, you have the consulting firms who are starting to stand up communication capability. What's your view of sort of agency consulting land and where do you see it going over the next, I don't know, say... Um, 18 months to, to two years? 
I mean, uh, you know, first of all, I'd say that PR has always been creative, um, but that's just me. And I think, you know, we, we are seeing this convergence into one and that has been happening for a while. Um, I remember, I don't know, at least four years ago, you sort of saw, you know, Edelman, for example, really, really making a play and sort of hiring in a, um, a chief creative officer at a global level. You know, you've seen a lot of changes over over that period as you say, in the industry where we are sort of moving into this, we're all moving into this one space. Um, for me, I see a huge benefit in it. Um, you know, CHE Proximity is the is the advertising agency, is the marketing consultancy that we're part of. And for us, you know, to be segmented into different practices that are hugely skilled and expert in those areas and then bringing them together for one client under one roof is such an appealing um, opportunity for them. And it makes so much sense. Not only does it cause um, or create these beautiful efficiencies from a budgetary point of view, but um, also from like a logistical point of view, you know, clients don't want to be having conversations with four different agencies. It also means that the work as a, as a result is so much more... Um, controllable and as a result garners um much better results in my opinion just because we can see the whole piece of the pie like we can see the whole cake um we just sorry we don't have just one piece um i personally think we're going to see this trend continue um you know only a couple of years ago i think it was two years ago walk came out and just um and said that PR is definitely taking a more central role um, within marketing at large. And that's what we're seeing definitely at CHE. Sort of, um, we're seeing a lot of campaigns with Earn Media at the, at the epicentre of the campaign, which is, which is brilliant for me because I think we have gone in and out as an industry in, in, in sort of favour, certainly when social came in. You know, it was, a, you know, we were like the... Um, I don't know, the cousin that people didn't want to talk to for a while. And it's been brilliant to sort of see this resurgence come back again. Um, and I do believe as a channel, we are so, so important because we add this authenticity and this credibility. Um, and, you know, it's so interesting seeing what's happening at the moment in terms of social media and these platforms. And, you know, I don't know whether you've seen social dilemma, but you know, the way that the market is going and the way that people are responding to the market, we're so lucky that nowadays that we have a voice as a consumer, you know, and sometimes that is to the detriment, but um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be, I, I I hope that PR will continue, Earn Media will continue to sort of have a real importance within the marketing mix, because I do think it is one of the, the most trusted, credible sources that people, that people can actually learn about what brands are doing. So if you are giving advice to people about how best to succeed uh, in selling stories into the media... What what are your best tips to people and, and what are the things that they must do if they're going to be successful over time? Um, so I think, you know, it's interesting. I read an article um, this week about how <laughs> even though we've had so many technological advances in social media, um, 
you know, the biggest innovation in the media relations business has been that we now email reporters a pitch instead of calling them on the telephone. Now, that sounds really weird because we've always emailed them, but we all also then did call them. And, um, you know, things have been things have been changing for a while. You, I don't know whether you remember, but for a while, <laughs> journalists came out and said they only want to be communicated via Twitter. Um, but, you know, the way that it stands now is that we will communicate by email. And the reason why I tell you that story is just because um, we need to know how best to communicate with our journalists. Like, there's no point in, and I you still hear it today, completely tone-deaf emails, um, completely, you know, emailing journalists, at, you know, on a Friday afternoon when they just want to clock off. Um, you know, it's it's about understanding how to communicate with the media. Um, and, you know, a recent poll of journalists, um, again, this is a UK survey, was that um, they'd rather you send them pictures by email on Tuesday mornings. So it's little things like knowing that as to how to approach um, um, a story and, and certainly the journalist. Um, you know, knowing the outlet, knowing what the journalist has, researching the journalist, knowing what, what they like, what they don't like, what they've written about previously, seeing seeing how your story can in any in, be of interest but potentially benefit them and their readers. Um, it's about knowing the audience of the outlet. Um, again, you know, just going back to that, there's, it's just we're so far away from that spray sort of... Um, approach that we had you know certainly when I began when we just sent it out to everyone in our database so Georgia just a final question if I might you know how are you feeling as you look into the next few months Melbourne the city that you live and and work in is still under under lockdown there are still restrictions on the movements of people around town um we just don't know what might happen once the income supplement programs that the government put in place are taken away from businesses. How are you preparing to get ready for, for this uncertainty that's ahead of us? I mean, for us, for us at the agency, um, it's business as, as usual, to be honest. Um, we're, we're really lucky. We've got incredible clients. Um, and, you know, we're in planning on some clients and, in, and on others, we're in, we're in activation. So we're still going ahead with um, our campaigns and with, with life as normal. But, you know, just bear, we're just taking into consideration the, the new environment that we're in. Um, so, you know, for example, we're not doing an event in a physical location. The event that will happen for us in November will happen virtually. So um, we are, you know, we've got contingencies on on the campaigns and the projects that we're working on, certainly, um, to ensure that they can still go ahead. Because, you know, and I'll come to this in a moment about the, the sort of the more the mental health side of things, but... Um, for many, it is business as normal. It, you know, we're still leading our lives, and we still want to. We still want to be entertained. We still want to have fun. We still want to purchase things. Like, um, you know that that hasn't stopped. Um, simply because we are in lockdown now. I think, um, in terms of, you know, the industry at large and sort of and and people on a personal basis, um, I do think that we need to be more cognizant of sort of the mental health side of things. And certainly within our team, like 
you know, during our, at the beginning of every team meeting, for example, we have five minutes of meditation, like, you know, we have access um, within the agency at large to a team of experts who they can talk to and then outside um, sort of outside partners that people can call in case they want to chat more privately. Um, You know, and, you know, we are obviously moving into a place where the the other subsidy won't be there. Um, There are still jobs out there, you know, when we first went down into lockdown, you know, and, and certainly we're hiring as well because of, you know, new client business that we've been very lucky to win. But, um, people there are people are hiring and there is movement um in the industry so i i don't think it is bleak i think it is positive um you know if you look at the market in general in in melbourne for example a lot of um talent was sourced outside of australia and what you're having is because the borders aren't open anymore like that talent pool will be mainly Australian so less people coming in potentially you know less jobs but but hopefully not a sort of surplus of so I'm hopeful that it sort of will balance itself out in that regard. Okay well Georgia thank you so much for being so generous with your time this afternoon and to share your experience and your reflections on this difficult time and I'm pleased to hear that things are going so well for you. And I wish you all the best in the uh, the weeks and months again. Thanks for your time today. Thanks so much for having me on. And thanks to you, the audience, for coming back once again as we share the insights of some of the leading thinkers in the communication field. Um, just a reminder, as many of you will know, the GovComs Festival is on November 17 in partnership with the OECD and the European Parliament Content Group is presenting the GovComs Festival. And I would encourage you to Google GovComs Festival just to see just exactly what it's all about. The expressions of interest to uh, submit a case study or an experience or if you would like to have a debate or have a point of view, let us know and we will include it in the program. Very exciting. We have uh, contributions from Asia, from Africa, from the Middle East, from Europe, from the UK uh, and North America at this point in time. So November 17 is part of the OECD's Government Aftershock Global Dialogue and we will be going for 24 hours on the main stage. We will be following the sun and we will be featuring content from all around the world looking at the changing nature of government and public sector communication and just how different countries in the world are coping with the challenges of COVID-19. So don't miss that one. And also, as when you do go to the website, you will see that there is a link to the platform, the hop-in platform. So if you'd like to register to attend, it costs the grand sum of nothing. So you may as well register. And we look forward to joining you on November the 17th, 2024, the GovComs Festival. Thanks very much for coming back once again. Thanks very much to the team here for supporting the production of GovComs once again. I'll be back at the same time next week. But for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.